this was called a, a sort of a transformational captaincy um, in that particular Ryder Cup. It, it, it kind of changed the way the captains thought. There were five rookies on our side. You paid absolutely no attention to anyone on the opposing team. No. Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I, I just knew I had my team. Uh, I had things I had to work through. I was only allowed two assistants. Both my sons, Junior and Ronnie, were my two assistants. Stockton family started young at, at the Ryder Cup there. <laughs> Uh, I only got two picks, okay? So I had one spot locked up. I was automatically going to pick Raymond Floyd because I was going to pair him with Couples, which was a brilliant pairing because at that point in time, Couples didn't know how good he really was, okay? But I needed one more pick, and it boiled down to be between Tom Watson, Tom Kite, and uh, uh, Chip Beck. And basically, and I polled five or six players. I didn't have to play with them. I wanted them happy, and it turned out we've ended up picking Chip Beck. Put another log on the fire. Nobody here is getting tired. Welcome to the Fire Pit with Matt Janella. Needless to say, Goat Hill Park in Oceanside, California is a special place. Pull up, grab your clubs, throw a leash on your dog, walk to the recently renovated range, and you never know who you might see. There's Dean Wilson, Mike Weir, Bill Murray, Charlie Hoffman, Jeff Ogilvie, Kelly Slater, Xander Shoffley, Byron Scott, or Bubba Watson. But on this day, the day that inspired this podcast, I saw three generations of Stocktons. Dave Stockton Sr., Dave Stockton Jr., and Junior's son, Jake, who's a sophomore at Arizona State. Sr. won 10 times on tour, two PGA Championships, 14 more on the Champions Tour, which included another three majors. He played at USC, turned pro in 1964, and was a member of the 1971 and 77 Ryder Cup teams. Both were winners and he captained the winning Ryder Cup team in 1991 at Kiowa's War by the Shore. He also played a role in the 2004 Ryder Cup, which we'll get to later in the podcast. Stockton, who is not yet in the World Golf Hall of Fame, will tell you he has had a better career as a short game and putting instructor than he had as a player, working with the likes of Annika, Phil, and Rory. He's married to his wife, Kathy, who we'll hear from throughout this podcast, and they'll celebrate Senior's 80th birthday in November. They have two sons, Dave Jr. and Ron, or Ronnie, who both played professionally and are also instructors. Junior, who played 10 years as a pro and who won two nationwide tour events, is a fixture at the GOAT. And he often brings his son, Jake, who spent most of his childhood playing sports like water polo. But now, at six feet five inches, has turned to golf and is off a seven handicap. I got paired with all three Stocktons that day as they were preparing for the Herdsman, a two-man summer tournament at the GOAT in which Senior was going to partner with Jake. Junior was playing with a longtime friend. But before we get to all of that and several reflections on life and specifically Ryder Cups, I'd like to thank our friends at Linksoul for their support of the fire pit. John Ashworth and Jeff Cunningham have created so much more than just a lifestyle brand that I live in both on and off the course. Linksoul is a lifestyle that permeates out of Goat Hill Park where they've helped cultivate a course, a culture, 
and a community vibe that's become a blueprint for what's possible at a municipality. For a 25% discount on your next purchase at linksoul.com, use promo code FIREPIT25. As you can imagine, going all 18 with three Stocktons was a special day. Not only did I get some tips, it was a treat to watch them all interact with each other. You can see some of that in the video on firepitcollective.com, which we dropped along with this podcast. And just prior to the herdsmen, we had them all stop by the fire pit offices in Oceanside to record some of their stories and perspective on life in golf. We start with seniors' first memories of the game. I mean, I grew up in San Bernardino at Arrowhead Country Club, and my dad was the pro at the time, and the pro shop was like three doors down from us, and our front lawn, the mowers of the golf course, to just mow our backyard as it was mowing the golf course. Um, so my first impression is like most other kids, I used the backyard not to play golf. I used the backyard to play football and baseball, and it was the coolest place in the world. Yeah. And, you know, I, I would play, I'd be, you know, I, I would, I remember little kids, I'd play up the first hole, which is a par five, and I'd play down the 11th hole, which is a par five, and I only had three clubs. I had a, I had a putter and a, and a three wood and a nine iron, and I'd just play away. And the, the 11th green, our, our house was between the second green and the 11th green, and in between that was the 12th tee, and that was eventually later on when I was a pro, I would practice up the 12th hole late at night but then I would be playing back and forth over the greens so I the only thing I remember as a kid is going to the putting green at the clubhouse which is three doors away and here I'm six or seven at the time I would challenge anybody to putt if they were dumb enough to putt up on the putting green <laughs> I mean I was good at what I did you were already good Maybe. then you already remember being good when you were six seven yeah, years I'd old putt anybody I mean, I just in quarters, nickels, dimes. No, not not for anything. It's just a matter, you know. Want to play? You know. I mean, I, I didn't have to go out and I didn't want to hit balls. It wasn't about distance or anything. It was just it was the easiest thing. Probably less effort just to go putt rather than you know go on the long part of the course. As for Junior's first memory of golf, the summertime was spent following him around on tour, and before I was as old, early as you can remember, as early as I could, I was how, a couple of weeks old when I was first on tour. Three weeks old, I was out on tour. I was a, we were called tour brats. Yeah. That's what the kids were called back then. There was no daycare that they have set up now. It's so great for the players that wives can actually go out and watch their husbands play. Uh, when we were growing up, the wives would take turns. Like my mom would get to watch my dad play nine holes, and she'd come back. One of the other wives would go out and watch her husband, and she'd watch us. And you know, we were always playing at the hotel because when we did go out to the golf course as little kids, we we're always hanging all over our mom, and it was hot, and we'd be hanging on both sides of her, and dad's inside the ropes having his fun, and mom's dying walking with us, but... Thank you for the compliment. I know, right? Inside the, inside the ropes. I inside like the that. ropes, yeah. All the time. He never hit a crooked. But I, as a kid, I would remember I was always all in on watching the golf and I would run up to the fairway where they'd land and I'd look back at the tee and watch him hit and if he hit his tee shot and he just picked up his tee immediately I knew the ball was going to be in the fairway but it, a lot of times it was more him leaning one way or the other and so I'm looking for the golf ball but I'd watch him land and then I'd run up to the green and watch him approach I miss, I didn't miss a shot when I was at the course I just loved it and then there's Jake I just remember always going to the college of the desert and just hitting balls in the range there just get one of the big buckets and just hit balls until it's gone. And I just went through each bucket, just trying to figure it out. And started these, U these USGA tournaments as a kid. 
and eventually around towards when high school came around I I um, kind of just like fell off with golf and then more recently I've like a couple years ago I started picking it up again and I'm starting to really enjoy it now. Although he grew up around it, golf wasn't seniors' first choice of sports. If I hadn't broke my back when I was 15, I would have I would have not been a golfer because I like basketball and baseball. Not that I was any good at it, but golf was like a sissy sport. I mean, I I, I mean I played tournaments. I won tournaments before I was 10, but it wasn't anything that I put any effort into. And it wasn't what the athletes were doing back then, right? It wasn't well, what, it just wasn't but, cool. Like, uh, no, but see, my dad came out of the, you know, depression all this other time, and he was a pro in the 30s, but there's no money. You couldn't play anywhere, you know. I mean, unless you were, I mean, I, I have a picture, great picture. He and Walter Hagen, when he had an exhibition against Walter Hagen at Arrowhead in 1937. I mean, the two of them standing there. I mean, my dad could really play, but... When my, I'll show you how, how much serious. When I was 12 years old, my dad said I was going to have a summer job. Okay, everybody else gets out, and Junior mentioned this. Everybody gets out in, in May, and now you play golf. Play all these tournaments? Sure. I, play, I never played more than three tournaments in a summer. And I worked the first summer at his sporting goods store. I mean, I remember selling a 24-foot a cabin cruiser that was like $6,000, which was a lot of money back in the, in, you know, in the mid-50s. And shotguns, did all this stuff. And at the end of the year, my dad informed me that I was going to go to work the next summer for the neighbor. Well, the neighbor happened to own the lumberyard. And I'm a friend of the next-door neighbor who owns this lumberyard, who owned three of them. Okay, I'm introduced to his... Clarence Fox, I'll never forget this guy. I'm introduced, and I'm the only guy that's not union. So I'm a friend of the owner. It's a union-run business. How much chance do I have? And I spent every summer from then on, 13 on, until I graduated Messi working at this lumberyard. Never. I, when I, I played three tournaments when I was 17 trying to get a scholarship to get to SC. Played the Hirsch at Riviera, and I played the National Junior at, at Stanford University. And it just, but that was, that was it. And you got the scholarship? Yeah. And then promptly the first time in L.A., I shot 83. Senior said he made a dollar an hour in his first summer at that lumberyard. And while at USC, he got set up with Catherine Bales, a beauty queen who was also from Southern California. What was it about Dave Stockton that just stole your heart? <laughs> well, I met Dave at my front door. It was a it was a blind date. <laughs> yeah, and uh, set up through the family. Um, I knew of his name through friends, but I had never seen him. So to see him for the first time right there at my front door was really kind of fun. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, at that point in time, you have no idea what direction this is going to go. But, um, it, you know, it just all happened pretty quickly. Um, we knew within a month that he, well, he wanted me to wear his fraternity pin because he was still at SC finishing his final semester. And I told him, I said, you know what that means, of course, back then. And he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, it's engaged to be engaged. And I said, this is serious. <laughs> I don't know if he really understood that. But anyway, to me, that's what it meant. So um, I said, yes. I said, well, we wore the, I wore the pin. 
to the uh, SC and went through the whole deal with the pinning. And, and it was, that was the start. And within a, oh, a couple months after that, we were talking about getting married a year from then. And he goes out on tour qualifying and he's so lonely out there. He says, can we move that wedding up? And back then you could. So within three months, <laughs> we moved it to February and um, here we are. We, that was the start of our life. Our honeymoon was practically almost nine months out there on tour, never going home. And um, just an adventure and, and loving it. And just, we were a team. We knew we had, we we're going to be a team from then on. And, and uh, that's how it started. So it's really been you know, quite a life for us. And I don't know if there's too many other people have a story like that, but ours is pretty special. <laughs> From the day you met him at that front door, how many, how much time passed before you guys got married? A year and a week. Wow. Yeah. A year that's, and a week. That's amazing. That's, yeah. that's, and now you guys have been married. 56 years going on 57 in uh, February. Yeah. And the Next secret, February. the secret has been. I don't know, just enjoying each other and <laughs> loving each other and loving the, what we do together. We do so many different things together. He loved hunting. I learned to love hunting and enjoyed it with him. Uh, fishing. And of course we were lucky. We had two boys and they could enjoy things like that. And the fact that they could enjoy what his, their dad was doing out on tour and traveling together. Um, I mean, how could you not say it was perfect? More from Senior on the early days of chasing his dream one tour stop at a time. When I started on tour, the hardest part of our life was that Kathy had to watch the kids and I'd go out upwards a month of a time. Yeah. Not more than a month, but I wasn't like Guyber a two-week stretch. I'd go four. And so consequently, you know, when, when they got out of school, boy, they were on tour because then we could travel together. And that's why I didn't play the British. I only played the British twice because when it came up, you know, they, they would, you know, I, would, I wasn't going to take them over there, you know, all the way over there for that. Um, and you play better in hot weather anyway. Yeah. And so, yeah, all my tournaments are in July. All my wins are July and August. So, I mean, it, it made it made it's like Phil at the first part of the year. Like guys, some guys yeah. play better during different. See, times. I can't. I mean, I'm a hobbit with my back. I mean, I, I won the TPC at Tampa on the senior tour and I won the L.A. Open. Those are the only two you're going to find generally other than in July or August when it gets warm. In gathering other voices and perspectives on the Stocktons, I interviewed Lanny Watkins, who is in the World Golf Hall of Fame, played with Stockton in the 1977 Ryder Cup, and played for him in the 1991 Ryder Cup at Kiowa. When I say Dave Stockton, what do you say? Ultimate competitor, battler, uh, got more out of his game than probably anyone else. Uh, if anything, Dave Stockton was an overachiever and uh, a, a true friend and a a good person, guy who always had the best interest of the game at heart. I also spoke to Al Geiber, Mr. 59, who has been a longtime friend and partner in various events through the years. And a good example, referring back to the CBS Golf Classic, I mean, he'd be 30 feet, 25 feet away, 40 feet away. I remember that a few times. 
I actually felt he might make it. And I know the opponents did too. So that puts added pressure on them because you know what? He's liable to, instead of thinking, oh, he'll just two-putter. And, uh, that's how dangerous he, he was and how I just felt like um, at CBS Golf Classic, uh, I had the guns of Navarone on my side with, with Dave. I said, now you know why I picked him. Well, that wasn't the reason, but it, that was my final thing. And everybody was uh, talked about it. Those matches were a good practice for the Ryder Cup. Yeah, because see, Dave and I played 69, 70, and 71 on the CBS Golf Classic, and those were, weren't the Ryder Cup, he said, 70? 71 was his first, yeah. First, oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Jake, what's yeah. your favorite story about your grandfather? Favorite story? The one you've either heard him tell or heard about him, or just sort of like being immersed in what, I mean, you've probably heard a million of these stories. What's yeah. the one where you're going to tell your kids? Definitely the Ryder Cups. The Ryder Cup story is one of, like, by far my favorite, but it's, I love sometimes Golf Channel, like they'll like have like a rewatch of old tournaments and grandpa will be playing in it and it's literally my favorite thing in the world to watch. You sit down and you're like, hold on, grandpa's I just I just zone out and just watch it because you can hear the old announcers, you look at the old swing, you see all like the old fashioned and then just, it's incredible to watch. Is it surreal? Yeah, it's really surreal. That hits yeah. your grandfather? Yeah, I'm like looking at him like when he's way younger and I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And you know enough to know, like, for him to say, oh, I was paired with Jack Nicklaus yeah. in 1971, Ryder Cup. Yeah. Like, does that still... It's, it's insane. It's pretty <laughs> nice. <laughs> and when you think of him as a, as a Ryder Cup competitor, what are your thoughts? Well, he was tough. I mean, he was tough as nails. Dave Stockton hated to lose. Uh, the fact that he won what he did... With the, I mean, let's let's just let's face it. Let's face facts. Dave Stockton wasn't the most talented person that ever played golf. Uh, we almost laughed sometimes at his ball striking and the way that he could hardly ever stay on balance swinging at a driver. He fell over a lot, kind of like Billy Andre does today. So it's it's it was always something to see. But no one had a better short game. No one had more belief in themselves than Dave Stockton did. And I think that's why he accomplished so much. When I tell you that it's been 50 years since your first Ryder Cup and 30 years since the Ryder Cup at Kiowa, what do you think? The 50 years, 30 years, what do you think about that? It was only yesterday. Not very far. I can, I can remember. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, until, until you see the people, until you realize, I mean, I'll turn 80 at the end of this year. And... Of course, I didn't have much distance to lose, and thank God technology kind of keeps you up there kind of near where you used to be. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a great life because what it, what is Kathy and I, I mean, I was pre-law at SC for one semester and then said, to hell with that. I was no way I was going to make seven years. Uh, not planning to be a pro golfer or anything, you know. Uh, but gradually at USC became a good player. I mean, I'd come home on the weekends, work with my dad, and, you know, I'm not a big city person. And uh, I only had one instructor. I didn't, you know, I was always taught, you know, this is like my work ethic that I got from my dad. Okay, I'm going to outwork you, and I'm going to outthink you. I like my odds. 
you know so it, it's been it's been an unbelievable ride and i gotta tell you since 2009 i always taught on tour i mean even when i'm playing with people if i if they were friends of mine if weisskopf had said anything to me at all i would have helped him on tour because i'm watching this going you know you don't especially this finger here i told him you can see my finger turn white that's exactly what his did every time he grabbed a golf club and i'm laughing there's no way he has any feel yeah. his tension his tension and so consequently it's just i i get the feeling that that the teaching that we did i mean we had upwards of well, we went over 200 wins in a hurry. Yeah, we had up to 14 people at one time on the tour we'd work with. and LPGA. LPGA players. Uh, all three of us. And it just, it, it's been, it's been, that's been really enjoyable. That's, you know. The whole thing from playing, co you know, t captain, coaching, all of it. Mm -hmm. Beautiful life. Yeah, the best, the best, the best has been the teaching. Yeah. Because when you play, you have to be selfish. Yeah. You know, you have to. But I've, I've enjoyed the teaching aspect. I've, and that's why I always did the corporate outings. Hell, I did American Airlines for 40 years. King of the corporate outings, they uh -huh. said. Yeah, and I love that. I mean, I, I did upwards of 80 days a year. I mean, I'd get more money in two days than I could have possibly won in the tournament. You know. You do that on Monday, Tuesday, go to the tournament, play. You know, you said you built your schedule around the corporate outings. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> know, they no paid dummy. the bills. They you paid know, the dummy. bills. Absolutely. But he enjoyed doing. He I enjoys enjoy helping yeah. people. Well, I, I've noticed this about you, which is I, I, I'm. I, it's now just so cool, but you can't help but teach. Yeah. Oh, I know. You can't help That's been but teach. Since day one that way. I was a little kid in Westlake. We'd be at the range hitting balls, and he'd be some. He'd see someone floundering away, and he'd walk over. And he's – this is the 70s. He's winning tournaments on tour, and everybody in Westlake knew who he was. And they, he'd walk over, and he'd go, mind if I say something to you? And they'd look at him like deer in headlights, like, sure. You know, and he'd help them with their games. And, and then he'd go back over, and I would watch this as a little kid. I'm like, that's so cool. He just wants to give back. Right. He's always done that. Yeah. So the, the notion that, oh, we started teaching in 09 and created Stockton Golf and everything else, no. He's been teaching since. Right. Well, I mean, it was just like one of the big ones was Annika. Yeah. Around 2000 or shortly thereafter. I mean, we were at an Olympic club doing outing together, and she asked me to take a look at her. And she'd, she'd won once in a year and a half. And we worked, and we, you know, she was unique. And she won 17 times next year and a half. Hello. Yeah. And she still puts that way today. And she puts that way today. I think you helped her. Yeah, I think so too. And, then, and that makes you feel really good. And that's like with Rory. And I know, you know, most of the stuff with Rory that I did was mental. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, Mickelson's different. We both work with Mickelson. And he's different to help because he's going to figure. And I like how he did it because he'd work it around. We'd see him the second day. And he'd already figured out that what we told him the day before, and he figured out that he was the one that thought of it. Yeah. Right? As long as he bought in, that's fine. Because he bought in, it doesn't make any difference. He wanted Eastlake. He, he wanted, wanted, he wanted ownership. <laughs> Shocker. Okay, back to Ryder Cup talk. Here's Kathy again on her memory of the 1971 Ryder Cup. Gosh, that was our first one in St. Louis. Um, it was uh, very small back then, uh, but a thrill to be on it. 
and not quite the hoopla that it is today, thanks to Dave. <laughs> but um, we, um, it was gratifying that he actually made, you know, his first Ryder Cup team. So, um, and that we, uh, that we won. So it, it was, it was good. It was a good, good thing. We'll get to the thanks to Dave portion of that clip a little later. She's referencing the 1991 Ryder Cup, but in 71, the captain was Jay Bear. His teammates included Billy Casper, Charles Cootie, Gene Littler, Lee Trevino, Arnold Palmer, and Jack Nicklaus. My first time at Old Warson in 71, and I find out the night before I'm playing with Nicklaus. In In alternate shot, and I have never played a practice round with him. And their games are polar opposites. And and I'm going, okay. And it took, I'm about the fourth or fifth hole, Jack turned to me and says, is this all the farther you can hit it? And I'm going, and I'm, I, I looked at him, I said, you're the best player in the world. This is as far as I can hit it. If you can just hit it on the green, I'll make it. But you got, you know, but it, it was not, it was not a good fault of the captain in my mind. So we got, it's the only Ryder Cup point I've lost was being my first match with Nicholas. You're <laughs> the only Ryder Cup point you ever lost was being paired Full. with Nicholas. In, yeah, yeah it, because show. because oh. in that, but that's went into my strategy. What I did is that if you're doing an alternate shot, you darn well put people together. And he, long, long, short, short. I read that's your. If you break that pattern, if you put along with the short, you're dead. You're dead. Yeah. Fine with best ball, but alternate shot. So they sat me on the. And he not only sat me Friday afternoon, J.A. Bear, but he sat me all day Saturday. Oh. I didn't show up to Sunday. I played the two single matches on Sunday with a tie and a win. But I, I was so... Who did you play in singles, do you remember? Yeah, I played, I played yeah. Bernard Gallagher, my other Ryder Cup wow. captain, who we tied, and I beat Townsend. Oh, yeah. But but the point point being is that <laughs> you know, unbelievable. but he put J.C. Snead with Nicholas. And it was perfect. Yeah. That is an absolute perfect pairing. Jack looks over at you about the fourth. Is this as far as you can hit it? Yeah, <laughs> that's what I had. How'd that feel? <laughs> it didn't feel good. <laughs> I couldn't hit it far. I was trying to hit it as hard as I could hit it. it. Just doesn't happen to go anywhere. Yeah. There were two singles sessions in the Ryder Cup until 1979. Stockton went 1-1-1 one, one, and one in 1971, earning his team a point and a half. Here's more from Lanny Watkins. Well, I mean, he's just the ultimate competitor. He wants to win. And, I mean, you know how much I want to win. I hate losing. I, 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 you know, I really enjoy winning more than anything else. To me, that's what it's always been about with golf. Dave's the same way. I think we're out of the same mold a little bit. Uh, I wish I'd had his short game. Good God. Uh, but he is uh, – just a great competitor, very caring, um, really was into the whole thing with Ryder Cup matches. We played on a team together in 77, and I'm, I remember he and Jerry McGee taking down a pretty formidable group uh, the first day, and it, it was uh, impressive. They were, And the funny thing is I played in 77 with the guy that, that Dave put me with in 91. I played my, uh, my first match in 77 with Hale Irwin, and then Dave put Hale and I together – an alternate shot in both rounds, and, and Hale and I won. Actually, we've won all three together. Before we get to 91, let's hear from Senior on 1977, where he went 2-0. and I think golf's like a chess match, and I just, it was interesting. It's like you mentioned driving over here. One of the one of my most fun things was playing at Lytham and St. Anne's for Finsterwald when I was playing terrible. 
totally different. And I got paired with McGee, Jerry McGee. And, and it was probably one of the highlights of my life because here I am, the senior member of our twosome. So, okay, we're going to play. I don't remember what ball. I may have been playing Hogan uh, or Titus, whatever. But then McGee being the junior member of this alternate shot, okay, we hit the ball similar distance. He's a little bit longer than me, but similar. But he had to use my ball, and we start out and literally – the first fairway I hit was 18. I mean, and we're wearing polyester pants, which were really in style in 77. And he looks like he's been in the middle and refereed a cat fight because from the knees down, they had white roses, low white roses, little them in St. Anne's. He had strings out his pants this long. I mean, they just pull out trying to find my ball. And I'm not going out there. His pants are perfect. My pants are perfect because Jerry never you missed. You haven't hit a fairway and his pants are ruined and you're perfectly clean. Yeah, because he never missed a fairway. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not going to go out there and coach him how to hit out of the rose bushes. And we're two down with, we're the leading group out in the matches on, on, on Friday. And we're two down going into 16. And I hit a brilliant drive that I'm in the short, short intermediate. I'm not, I'm not five feet off the fairway it's the first time i've seen him and <laughs> i said just get it on the green jerry i'll make it and he knocks it i don't know 35 feet and i hold it and so we win we're one down with two to go and we're playing hug it and dawson and 18 17 18 have bunkers little st Anne right in the middle of the fairway and mcgee hits it right in the middle of the fairway bunker and they're 30 yards past this i've got to lay up out of the bunker short of where their ball is and you're one down and we're one down so I get it out behind him. I said, get it on the green now, Jared. No problem. We're still all right. Just get it on there. I'll make it. So he, he puts it, he puts it, it rolls through the green, rolls about 50 feet, the back, back portion. They're on 25 feet. I hold it from 50, and they, and they, and they three-putt it. They three-putt it. Now we're even, going to 18, my drive. So I don't to this day remember which side of the fairway I missed, uh, the bunker I missed, but I figured, what the hell, I'm dead straight. His dad hadn't gone there all day, so it's not going there. And it either went left or right, and I was perfect. They never finished the hole. They got in one of the bunkers. They got in the bunker, and they never finished the hole. And that's where you talk about momentum, right? McGee and I, mean, I, McGee and I walk is- off. He was so excited. He looked so bad. <laughs> He looked like he had fringe. If you took a portrait of just you guys knees down with, you know, the four legs and you see his pants all torn to shreds and yours perfect, that is the perfect, you know, portrait of alternate shot. You don't see that today. Who got, yeah. That would be amazing. At this point, I asked Junior for his favorite memory of his dad's career. There's so many, but I, I would say the one that I was... The one I'm most proud of is him captaining the Ryder Cup in 91 at Kiowa. And, you know, we hadn't won in a few matches, six years, right? Six years we hadn't won. And there were so many variables, so many changes in that Ryder Cup in 91. People don't realize the 91 Ryder Cup was supposed to be played at the stadium course at PGA West. And nobody knows that. You ask people, they go, I don't know. Your backyard, basically. That's what I thought. That's what I thought I had it, the backyard. So when they name Kiowa, it's like, whoa, okay. And it's not even built yet. There was a question if it was going to be ready for the Ryder Cup. Well, he handled the guys 
when he he made the the two picks he got to pick he had the 10 guys that made the team he had four choices that he said pick them one to four who do you want because he wanted the total team unit to have everybody on that team to play together and be one one unit because that's what the europeans do so well so it was chip beck and raymond floyd were the two picks raymond was there to take care of freddie because freddie was so young he didn't realize how good he was is what dad said and, and then Chip Beck was there just for obvious reasons. He's, he was, one, playing great, then he's so positive. The guy never says anything negative. He's great to have around. I asked Kathy for memories of her role as a captain's wife in 91. But it was exciting. I mean, it was just craziness. And, and uh, I've never seen, Dave lost a lot of weight through the whole thing. You know, we started two years ahead of time planning the whole thing. And um, we didn't get the money that, uh, they have now for things to wear. It was pretty much cut. Wives really never got anything. So the PGA officials' wives called me and said, we want to do something fun. So we picked out T-shirts with USA sequin across it, and I had sweaters that looked like the flag. I mean, we really had fun with it. And um, so anyway, that was the start of finally getting, you know, outfits for the wives and uh, to kind of be as a team as well with their husbands. I asked Lanny Watkins for more on senior as a captain. Great captain, really a delight to play for. He and Kathy were fantastic. They left no stone unturned. Uh, He was trying to get everybody in the mix. I was fortunate. I played all five matches for him at Kiowa and played well. Uh, He made a couple little uh, snafus here and there that, but overall, I think he was an outstanding captain, did a wonderful job. And, uh, you know, I don't think we really enjoyed the celebrations. All I can say. Watkins went three, one and one in 91, winning his singles match on Sunday, three and two over Mark James. Meanwhile, junior was busy playing the role as assistant captain. You're not, you weren't much older than Jake at that time. He was 22. I had just turned pro six months earlier and, and, you know, dad had the guys come in the week prior to the Ryder Cup because he wanted them to play the course a few rounds because you could play that course six, eight times and see a different wind each time, different conditions. And, and the Europeans really didn't come over and play it. They never played a practice round until the week of. And so the, my dad had the guys come over and said, come over, play a few days, and you can go home for the weekend and come back on Monday. And they came out, and we were there, and dad goes, Junior, go out and play with them. I'm like, yeah. I've been pro six months, and here I am playing with these guys, and Zinger was my partner. And, you know, the, the Payne and, and Paul were two pranksters. They, we were all in carts, and... If you weren't careful, Payne or Paul would go and unhook the strap on the cart. So when you drove off your bag and they, I mean, these guys are, what are they, 28 at the time, around 28 years old, 29. And I'm like, these guys are the great, best players and they're just kids. They're just out here messing around, having think about, fun. Think about the idea that you were an assistant. Can you imagine now? No. Like if, if no. <laughs> the Ryder Cup captain would name his sons as assistant yeah. captains and as 22, right. Right. <laughs> they would be like, people would be apoplectic. <laughs> it would be like, what the hell is going on? But at this different time. I spoke to John Wardrop, another Goat Hill Park loyalist and legend who goes way back with the Stocktons. He was actually at USC. He was my roommate when he was the captain. So all the guys on the golf team, we sat around and watched watched him be a captain. We're dying laughing. But what is he doing there? What does he know? But he pulled it off, man. I think I think his like 
total like upbeat attitude that junior is. I mean, if, if you look at him, he's always got a spot, smile on his face. He's the most positive guy in the room, you know, never down, talks poorly about anybody. I think that his energy probably had an influence on those guys, you know, just smiling and being around him and, and being kind, you know, it's just, it's just his DNA. In 1991, Stockton senior only had two captain's picks. The other two that were in consideration to be in a, to be one of our players was Watson and Kite. I would have loved to have the option that Azinger had in 2008 of having four picks. Yeah. Because you I passed on Watson, Kite, John Daly, right? When John Daly won a crooked stick that year, <laughs> the favorites that everybody wanted me to pick is the picks would have been would have been Daly and Nicholas. You passed on Daly, Nicholas, Watson, and Kite? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wasn't Curtis Strange was another one that was well, he just and, and won? Yeah, that's true. Because Curtis won back-to-back U.S. Opens. And I told him, I told no, I told him before, I said, Thank God you won, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Well, the key was, and I told Curtis he had a spot. And then starting about in June, he and I were, I started talking. I said, I, I'm an honor that I, I told you to have a spot. He says, I'm giving a lot of thought. I don't want to take it. He says, I'm not playing well enough. And this, this was, it was, it was huge because four years after mine, Lanny picked him because they were in New York and at Oak Hills where, where he yeah. won. And the second time, and he—that's basically, I think, the reason. One of the reasons they didn't get it done because there was, there were, there were four of us that talked all the time: Lanny, Payne, and Azinger. Whenever we were around each other, we talked about the Ryder Cups. How would we make it better? What would we do? In my aspect, I got Deborah Graham. Azinger used Ron Braun as his psychologist that he profiled his players because, and, and Azinger understood it. I mean, you talk to Bubba Watson in one voice, but you'd also talk to Tiger Woods in another voice. I mean, you're going to, you, you can't use the same philosophy, just, okay, this is go get them guys or whatever. Different people are motivated different ways. So we understood our players really good. And my job was to, to get people to fit together. And so what I tried to do early in the year, which I still think is one of the most brilliant moves, is I went to the PGA Tour, and we'd have Tuesday shootouts you know, right here in San Diego. I, kick, I took, they let me take control of the Tuesday shootouts. So one Tuesday, I'd do alternate shot. Next Tuesday, next Tuesday I'd, I'd do best ball. So I right here at Torrey Pines. I mean, I had I had Lanny playing. I think with Payne one day, and I had I had uh, well my two Bruins, yeah. Chip Beck and Cora and uh, Peyton, Pavin, Peyton, Peyton. and Peyton Pavin, getting them to play together. So they knew I did not want to have the scenario of coming to the Ryder Cup and not knowing who they were going to play with. You wanted chemistry. I wanted chemistry. So I want one of my picks, the two of the, there were basically out of the 10 guys on the team, six were the guys that I was leaning on. And I told him, I said, Raymond's got the first pick. I want, because I want him to go with couples, because that's a twosome I can play either way. And I had, I had, I had my Bruins. Okay, I have Lanny and Hale. I've got Payne. I've got all these guys. Cal Cavecchia. I had a heck of a strong team. And so so the the obvious one in the end was putting Chip Chip with Azinger. But what I didn't realize is when when Chip was picked, that somewhere somebody got a slipped a note in 
to God or something that Ballesteros is part of this equation because friggin' every match Ballesteros got against Azinger. More from Lanny Watkins. The pod system, the chemistry, you know, Azinger gets a lot of credit for that, but, but isn't Dave part of all that too? Uh, we always did that. You know, Azinger just, you know, went out and, and put it on social media like, hey, we got something brand new. That's, that was nothing brand new. We did that from the first Ryder Cup on in 77. Just because he called it a pod system doesn't mean we didn't have guys that we knew who we were going to play with. I mean, you know, Paul's always great at patting himself on the back. But, uh, you know, it was we, – we always did that. That's why we were successful early on in 77, 79, 83 – I mean, we knew what we were doing and where we were going. What no one knew was that in 1991, on Wednesday night, en route to a party in Charleston and in bad weather, Steve Pate would be injured in a car accident. He and Shannon Pavin, Corey Pavin's wife, were both taken to the hospital. Pavin was released immediately with an elbow injury. Pate received treatment for his ribs. He was out of the Ryder Cup. The, the thing people don't know too is wow. we had he had Paven and Pate were going to be playing together every match, and the day that Pate got hurt, he shot sixty six or seven. Sixty? No, he he didn't he didn't maybe I don't think he had a round over sixty. He didn't have he didn't have he was lower than everybody by four or five shots. Pate playing better than everyone, and then all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, he got hit in the limo wreck. So Pate would go into the envelope, which is to say he wouldn't play, and whoever he was paired against in Sunday's singles, they'd both earn their teams a half a point. But that wasn't all that Senior was dealing with that week. Okay, let's say there's no limo wreck. We drive in the rain, eight limos, get there. Okay, you go into this auditorium. And if everything in a cool world, that would have been fine. We got there. Well, as we lived it, we couldn't figure out where our guys were. We couldn't figure out why certain guys were missing. But the show went on, and eventually they they talk about the no cell phones, right? So no, they they talk about the Europe. They talk about the European team, and they give them five minutes. Their team, great team. Now we have the American team. We give the American team twenty minutes. It's bad. Just and I'm going. I've worked so hard to have no. Yeah. material on the bulletin board, know, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and that just fired them right up. And I'm going, I don't need this. <laughs> and then they and then they came out with the clever tagline, the war by the shore. Yeah. Perfect. Now, I have contributed to that because I've got the camouflage hats because I like to hunt. That's for hunting. Yeah, That's for hunting. It wasn't wasn't for any, to tick anybody off or, you know, but that was the only small things they could tie. tie yeah, they you could, already got enough going on and now you got all this other stuff. But he put together the barbecue with just the players and their families. That was it. No PGA uh, no officials. No nobody. And, and in the end, they were amazing, right? The whole sportsmanship of them and riding the bus. We, and the we whole. got there, yeah, with Paven, yeah. Paven being carried on the bus by Woosman because Woosman said, he's so small, I'll just carry him on. Yeah. Woosman. 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 Yeah, he said, we only need one seat, the two of us. I'll, he yeah. just took him on the bus, yeah. you know. And we started out by that Tuesday night because nothing else was going on. By I, I said to Bernard, Longer, or Bernard Gallagher, I said, you know, would you like to have dinner tonight, just our team and your team, provided you don't bring any of your PGA officers or officials? Because I'm not inviting any of ours. It'll just be us, shorts, beer, whatever you guys want. And we can get together as families. You can bring your family. That's fine. I don't want any officials, though. And that's what we did. The Tuesday, it was, and it was, that's how we started. You know, and then the next thing I know, we're at the war by the shore. <laughs> 
And, you know. And you're down a best player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, playing the best of anybody on the team. And you're, yeah. yeah. So, but, but it was, it was unbelievable, but it changed a lot of stuff. It's true. Times were changing and the rivalry was brewing. There seemed to be shenanigans coming from both sides. This is a quick clip in which Paul Broadhurst of Team Europe shares some of his reflections with Golfing World. You'll hear Seve Ballesteros and Jose Ramiro Olathabal accusing Paul Azinger and Chip Beck of changing balls mid-round. Yeah, 91 was at Kira Island, uh, the war on the shore, uh, where, you know, one or two things happened that perhaps shouldn't have happened uh, behind the scenes. Uh, radio stations ringing us at five in the morning to wake us up and, you know, all manner of different things that went on, balls appearing back on the fairways. Uh, compression on the team. I don't think so. Uh, you well, did? I'm sure. You did uh, a couple of times? Sure. What hole? Uh, I know that uh, Chip uh, hit a hundred compression on number seven. That I'm sure about uh, You know what? And then on yeah, number nine, sure. he hit a 90 compression. Sure I'm sure about that, Paul. No, I agree with you. No, you we, we did that on seven. I agree with you. We did that. I definitely did. Maybe they were in the rough or... Yeah, all of a sudden they were, appeared on the fairway and just things that niggled the players a little bit. But, um, you know, our team was was made up of five or six superstars of European golf at the time. Liam Woosnam, Langer, Nick Faldo, Seve, Elazabal. In the first two sessions on Friday, Ballesteros and Olathabal beat Azinger and Beck 2-1. and one. The Spaniards were unstoppable. Of all the pairings, I don't know how it happened three times. And finally, finally the fourth time, finally, Floyd and, and Couples got him. Got, and I told Raymond, I said, you know, Ballesteros had a terrible cough with, with Azinger. You know, you might want to mention it to him. And he looked at me and says, yeah, I'll handle that. And he walked right up on the first tee. I hear you've been coughing a lot. I hope, are you feeling all right? Are you, got, are you taking anything for that? He didn't cough once. <laughs> Like, didn't know. he say, I'll give you a reason to cough if I hear that cough, something yeah. like that? <laughs> I don't know what they said, you know, but old they, school they, got, they got it handled. Going into Sunday singles, the score was 8-8. Eight to eight. Now, more from the shore as Junior recalls the final day. With everything that went down with Steve Pay getting hurt in the limo accident, everything else, um, he put two years of his heart and soul into it, and then it came down to the last match with Irwin and, and Longer. And a 17, we thought they were that Irwin was going to close it out and win. <clears throat> and we're sitting on the edge of the green, and I'm right next to him. And he, we're both, everybody's watching. And Dad's watching like this. And Irwin knocks a shot by and misses the putt coming back. So now they're tied going into the last hole. Here's a rip of voices from that Ryder Cup, reflecting on what it meant and what it came down to. It's Chip Beck, Colin Montgomery, Mark Kalkovecchia, Bernard Langer, and Paul Broadhurst. 91 was a big uh, thrust for the American team and the Americans to try to get that cup back. And uh, pretty exciting. came down to one putt. Having a putt to win on the last minute, you could, you could times it by 10 in the right cup because you're not playing for yourself. This putt means a bunch to somebody else, and you're playing for him. And that's why the pressure's so intense is so hard to believe after three days of competition it came down to the very last group on the very last green with a man named bernard langer if he makes it europe wins if he misses it the united states wins i wouldn't want anybody to have to have that putt you know i came down on the last putt from bernhardt and uh, you know he hit a good putt he just didn't read it right i made a good putt but it didn't go in and uh 
you know, I was down from my team. All I had to do is make a six-foot putt. And it comes down to, to that. It's somebody's putt goes in or somebody's putt goes out, and that's it. He missed an eight-foot put downhill with two or three inches of left or right break, and then it's the putt that everyone hates, I would say. So, you know, if he'd ever hold it, he'd have been the hero. Unfortunately, he missed it, and that was it. That was the whole week, and that's what these Ryder Cups are, and that's why it's so such a fabulous competition. We get to 18, and obviously sitting there, and it comes down to Bernard's putt, and I look at my dad sitting next to me, and his, his he's like this. He's got his eyes closed and his head down. He's not watching. And I looked at him, and I went, oh, my God, he can't watch. And, I'm, I'm thinking, and I just said a little prayer. I said, Lord, my dad's put two years of his life into this and worked so hard. Nothing against Bernard Langer, but really like to see dad get this W and the USA win. And, you know, and Longer hit up. He'll tell you today, he hit a great putt. Thought he made it, you know, and it didn't go in. And I jump up, and dad looks up at me, and I yank him up. I'm glad I didn't pull his shoulder arms out of his sockets but you know that was what he put into that and being a part of that and, and bringing the cup home and me being an assistant captain and my brother ron being an assistant it was a family affair and uh i should have kept notes but i remember everything like it was yesterday still today and the stories with the players um and everything that he did that week that's my my proudest and memory of what he did one more from Paul Broadhurst, who went 2-0 and at Kiowa and beat Mark O'Mara 3-1 and in singles. It was pretty big back then, so I thought. But, I mean, now you stand on there and, I mean, the galleries that go to watch now is incredible. I mean, I'd, there was a lot of nerves when I first played. Um, just to think what it's like for the players nowadays with the grandstand. I mean, it's like, it's like the British Open on the first tee, or even bigger, perhaps. It's a, a massive, massive uh, event. It is the, the pinnacle of your golf career to play in the Ryder Cup. And again, Lanny Watkins, who's comparing eras. How would you like to take today's team and let's go back to our primes and let's put me and, and even and Stockton and Azinger and Raymond Floyd and Tom Watson and Hale Irwin and Larry Nelson and put us up against these guys. Who do you think is going to win? Oh, well, yeah, but the, the, the big difference is you guys used to play like the Euros play today, which is the flag meant more than the name on the back of the jersey. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you were able to put all that aside and it was about winning. And no question. I mean, it, it galls me to death when I see guys worried about who they're going to play with. I played eight Ryder Cups. I never one time asked a captain to play with anybody. And I played five matches a lot. I played with a whole bunch, wide range of players going from Stadler and Wayne Levy to Hale Irwin and Payne Stewart, you know, Mark O'Meara all the way down. I mean, uh, Larry Nelson and I won all four matches together one year. It was about, you know, what can I do to help the captain? And the, unfortunately, they don't take that approach today. As for senior, he has a positive outlook on this week. Yeah. Stricker's going to do an unbelievable yeah. job because Stricker knows he's come up in this President's Cup, Ryder Cup thing, and they've, they're, they've got this group of guys together. Yeah, but come on. Are you telling me you'd want to go into trying to manage this, this team with Brooks and Bryson and all the bullshittery of this? But you've always had that. Yeah. It's always been there. Yeah. Sutton found out real fast how much it was yeah. there yeah. with Mickelson and Woods. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I mean, that was unbelievable. I mean, he's got the two best players, and now he puts them together to win one point. If he separates them and puts them with Joe Schmo, either one of them, they can win two points. Yeah. But oh no. So there, he's perfectly satisfied to have him lose a point. So in other words, you know, like it would be almost like putting Bryson and Brooks together and saying, okay, go play. I mean, can you imagine doing that? Have them play where they're playing their own ball and, and they're trying to beat each other and they probably go out and play well. But not only did he do it once, he did it twice. He was like, <laughs> my dad was the one that went to, you went to Jackie Burke, didn't you? And go, what to Burke? I went flipped, I flipped doing? out because in that one, I went to him and I talked to Chris Riley before because I'd watched Chris Riley tie his match uh, on Thursday, on Friday, on Friday, sorry. Great putter, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. But just like a really a neat back. kid. Real like positive. A chip back, yeah, positive, positive person. Yeah, he's the reason that he I got went, paired with Tiger. I went to Burke and I talked to him. I said, you know, why don't you consider separating the two? You know? Why don't you separate the two and put, because what I would love to do, I would love to see you put like Chris Riley with, with Tiger. And he looked at me and he said, why? I said, because he's enthusiastic and he really wants to play. And it keeps Tiger loose. It's Tiger keep likes him. Tiger so, likes him. Tiger thinks he's so, hilarious. So I went to, and I said, don't be shocked if they ask you to play with Tiger tomorrow. Here's Chris Riley, who's now the head coach of the men's golf team at the University of San Diego. Riley reflects on the role Senior played on that 2014. I mean, for me personally, he was uh, a tremendous help. I mean, I was obviously a rookie in 2004. It was a veteran squad, and he was there. And, and you know, I was kind of a, um, a deer in headlights, so to speak, and didn't really know what to expect. And there was Dave Stockton Sr., who I knew was the 91 captain at Kiowa. And he kind of took me under his wing, which was really cool. He um, just told me to relax, enjoy it, and uh, use the best club in my put- in my bag, which was my putter. So, um, you know, I just remember sitting there when Tiger and Phil went out for the first match, and me and Senior were just sitting there watching it in the in the team room area at at Oakland Hills, and and he was just a just a great great person to talk to, and just kind of put me at ease at you know probably the biggest golf tournament in the world. Mickelson and Woods infamously lost the morning round to Monty and Harrington 2-1. They lost the afternoon to Darren Clark and Lee Westwood 1-up. Here's more from Senior on the potential pairing of Chris Riley with Tiger Woods. What did he say? What did Riley say? Oh, his eyes got bigger than hell. Yeah. And so he said to me, he said, you know, he said, if you do, and I said, if you do, I got something I want you to, you know, I want certain things I want you to do. He says, what's that? He says, well, let's wait till you get it. So he got it and he calls me. So we're, I said, okay, now you guys are playing best ball. He's going to drive you by 100 miles. I said, I want you to aim at the middle of every single green because remember yesterday when you guys tied and you got up on 17, do you remember the shot you hit? And it was a par three. I hadn't talked to him about it. He's the first one up, pin was on the right, and he left it the right in the bunker. Now his partner's got to play safe because he just he does, he's not in play you know where in doing that the first guy's got to get it on the green so the next guy can get it on the green or go for it whatever he wants you know but you got to have some thought in it I said okay but now with Tiger just put it in the middle of the green but now don't walk off don't keep in your own bubble which you normally would I want you to go right by him and just say to him Tiger can you get inside that please and Tiger, I guess, looked at him the first hole like he was from Mars. 
Riley tell him, can you get inside? Get inside, <laughs> get inside that. Come on, Tiger. You can do it. Tiger's the most competitive person I've ever met in my life. And, you know, he's, he's right. You know, Michael Jordan has the same kind of fire. Um, and yeah, a senior did tell me, he said, just put it in the middle of the green and let Tiger fire at flags. And, and sure enough, we had a, we had a great match. Um, like I said, we won four and three and, and, um, you know, there's nothing like winning a mat or a point in the Ryder cup or winning a match. And, um, yeah, I mean, senior gave me so much advice. Um, I went one, one and one. And a lot of that was senior helping me out on how to handle the Ryder cup. As we all know, right. the Ryder cup is won and lost with the putter and he was one of the best putters of all time. So he knows what he's talking about when it comes to those kind of, um, Ryder cups. So. Before we get to further reflections and the Stockton's favorite fire pits, I want to quickly thank our friends at Parpoints for their support of this podcast. Parpoints is the revolutionary app that gives you and your crew an alternate way of scoring the game. Tee it up from wherever you want, but the further you go back, the more points you get for making par. It's especially good for beginners, family golf, or buddy strips looking for an alternate format. Download the Parpoints app now and go make par. Okay, we start with some reflections on the Stocktons, their family and legacy with Lanny Watkins on the idea that Dave Sr. and Kathy raised two professional golfers and top instructors. Well, I think it just shows what, you know, great parents, Dave and Kathy, you know, were to their boys. I mean, Ronnie and, and, and Dave Jr. are just outstanding people. And, uh, you know, they've always been high quality people. They've got a lot of talent. Uh, delightful family to always be around. And, and in my mind, I think, I think they were the first two Ryder Cup assistants. David had them there working that week. Uh, I took a page from that and had my brother there when I was captain in 95. So uh, it was really cool having both his boys there enjoy that experience with their dad. I thought, I wish mine had been old enough to do that, you know, but uh, I think it's one, probably one of the, best memories those boys will ever have of doing something special with their dad. And Kathy Stockton on her life captain and teammate. Well, it couldn't be more perfect. (laughs) No, I've enjoyed the life. Um, Proud of Dave, what he's accomplished. And I hope someday that he might be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, It's a big wish for all of us. And um, he's just... uh, it's amazing how he can, he loves the people. He'll give lessons to people, whether they want it, you know, ask for it. And uh, he gives of his time and uh, he just, um, I'm just so grateful that um, we've had the life we've had. I've loved walking the fairways. I'd rather be out there watching him than being home waiting for a phone call. With his career and accomplishments as a player, captain and coach it seems crazy to me dave stockton senior is not in the world golf hall of fame he's got an outstanding career he's right on the he's right on the right on the cusp no question i, I you know the, it's uh you know and i think one thing that goes against dave and, and hurts him is the fact that he's not a a classic looking player you know dave did it as a grinder as you know he was uh, in a tough mode, I would put Hubert Green in the same mode as Dave, Dave Stockton. Hubert just won more times on tour, if you will. Uh, you know, both won two majors and, you know, very impressive players and were in contention a lot. So uh, Dave wanted some great venues. He, I know he wanted Riviera. I know he wanted Colonial. He wanted Southern Hills. He wanted Congressional. 
I mean, to me, you start looking at the venues where Dave Stockton won it, and that, that's very, very impressive. Both great putters, I asked Chris Riley if he felt like he and Stockton had similar styles and strategies when it came to playing the game. Get it on the green, and the next one might go in. That's how I felt my career. I felt like if I could just get it on the green, I felt like I could make it. I appreciate the compliment, Matt, but I think I think Senior was a lot better player than I was. I think he won a couple majors, and my best finish was a third at a major. So, you know, I... I um, I don't think he's in the Hall of Fame. He probably should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, is it a two-time major champion? Um, yeah, so I know he won a, the PGA maybe twice. I don't know. But um, he is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, and a Hall of Fame person. His son is even just as great. Um, he's been helping out my daughter with her game. And there's nothing but love for the Stocktons over here with Riley. I also spoke to Diane Stockton, Junior's wife and Jake's mom, who makes some of the best cookies I've ever had in my life. They're a really special family. They're they're up there. I mean, as far as just the legacy that Dave Sr. will leave behind and, and all the things that they've done, not just within the golf world, but outside the golf world. They love to give back. They love people. They love being with people, helping people. Um, sharing all the things that they know about the game of golf and and they want to share it. They definitely have that, you know, (laughs) innate sense of wanting to, to help others and to give back for sure. John Wardrop on being junior's roommate at USC and observing senior over the years. His dad was the dad. I mean, he was a legend there you know, all American, just played the tour, won the PGA twice. I mean, the guy, and the guy would come and visit with us and give us bunker lessons or putting lessons or whatever we needed, offer equipment. I mean, he was just very generous with his time. And um, I know Junior just thinks the world of him. I mean, and, and, and on top of all of that, you know, with these kids that Nicholas and Stockton's, all these kids that come out of, you know, being, kids of, of parents who played at the highest level, it's such a, an added pressure to try and make it out there. Very few do. So to senior go on to see junior go on and play 10 years on the tour is just freaking incredible. Really. I asked John Ashworth, who's the caretaker of Goat Hill Park, what he thinks when he sees three generations of the Stocktons all teeing it up at his mini municipal. First of all, I, I'm beaming ear to ear. I'm smiling. I feel warm and fuzzy. Uh, I love it. Uh, it, You know, it has not that it's become old hat or anything like that, but Junior and his son, Jake, have been playing up there pretty steady for the last, you know, four or five years, really. Uh, So I'm used to seeing them. And then, of course, Senior, you know, he's been out there a fair amount in the last year and a half. Anyway, so, yeah, overall, I mean, it's just, you know, here's a living legend, Dave Stockton Sr., arguably should be in the Hall of Fame and someday will be. Let's hope so. So back to the fire pit offices, a few days away from the herdsmen and the day they'd all play in a practice round together. Again, that video is on firepitcollective.com. Here's Senior on his expectations going into the weekend and how he'll captain his grandson. Is this weekend 
about what, what what's about to transpire where you're coming in, you're going to all be there and you're going to be playing together, you know, and practice round. Is, is that the beauty of the game of golf? I think it is. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking of Jake probably 10 years from now, not necessarily this weekend because he's still in the learning stage. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to grind him pretty hard. Whether we win or lose, it doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. I, he's going to walk out with some ideas that's going to help him down the road. Yeah. You know, because I'm not satisfied having. I'm glad that he's playing. I know he's got the the physical ability, and but he's doing like the story with Junior from Milwaukee. With Junior telling me I hit the wrong shot on a hole, I made a two on. You know, that's kind of what I want him to waken up to realize is he's looking at it. I'm already trying to figure out. I know we ride carts. I'm always I'm already figuring out how much I'm going to force him to walk because I want him. I want him to slow down. I want him to be. That's going to be one of the things like the January story. I mean, it's just I got a lot to impart, but this is just a small stepping stone. Whether whether I get to do it again or not, I don't know. But it's you know, he's going to walk away being impressed that just what what we transpired between us over the three days. You've already made your point about the emotion around the idea that you're coming into this weekend, and yeah. and uh, but isn't isn't that isn't that the fact that you guys can all go out and have this experience together, the essence of golf? Absolutely, that's that's what like you alluded to earlier. What makes this sport so special is you can have generations go out and play a sport that you love and and have those memories and those those uh, experiences together that you'll never forget, that you'll always have with you. Knowing that this is going to be happening between yeah. your dad and your son, you're going to be off doing your thing and you might be, but, but that's happening regardless, which is so cool. I'll, I'll be the first one to ask how they did and yeah. curious and hopefully... We all end up in the shootout at the end. That's that. That would be. That's my dream. Is you and Ash and and my partner and I and my dad and Jake will be in the shootout. That would be fun. That would be fun. Jake, what's what is is for you? I mean, I mean, you're probably a competitive guy. You want to do great. But is this for you at your age? The essence of this game is that you're able. Is this kind of when you think of golf, you think the idea that I get to go play with my dad and my grandpa, and this is kind of a family thing. Yeah, like I'm extremely excited, like probably the most excited I've ever been to play golf, to be honest, for this weekend. And it's, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to getting out there. I just want it to already, like I want it to happen right now. I want to go right now. Like I just want it to start. When your grandpa gets on you and he's coaching you and he's teaching you and he's giving you tips or he's telling you to walk or that, that you love that. I love it. Yeah. I always take it. and Soaks it all in. That's so cool. In the end, it was actually John Wardrop and Scott Nagel who won the Herdsman, beating, among others, Junior and his partner, Senior and his grandson, and of course, me and Ashworth. But we end this podcast with three generations of favorite fire pits. Do you have a, a favorite place that you sit around and fire pit or listen to tori- stories or tell stories and doesn't necessarily actually have to be a fire pit, but a place where you tell stories? Yeah. So my friends, actually my best friends, so I have Merrick and Mateo, my two best friends from here. Merrick just moved out to Philadelphia and at his old place, we had this fire pit. It was our old fire pit that we gave them. Okay. Yep. And we always put it in the backyard and they, they bought, his mom bought like three pallets of firewood for us. And we've just been like, every night we go over to his place, we just have a campfire and just hang out. And just, 
it's always spot. nice. Yeah. That's the spot. That's yeah. The company. yeah. And it's got like a whole view. You can see the lagoon in Carlsbad right by, um, Aviara? Right by, yeah, Aviara. Yeah. yeah. Um, the ocean and everything. It's beautiful. Yeah. You got a favorite fire pit? Right there at the goat, baby. That's the fire. I mean, that's, that, that's the, it, when the sun's setting after playing the skins game on Friday and you grab a logger from the pro shop and you sit down and you got the fire pick going and you got the sun setting. That's one hell of a way to bring in the weekend. Yeah. Mm. Do you have a favorite fire pit? Yeah, but it'd be a toss between Zambia, Manitoba and Alaska. Anywhere I'm hunting. Good fire pit after a hunt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hopefully good. They're opening up Manitoba right. in ten days, so next year we'll get the we'll get the bear hunting. hunting. Mm-hmm. Now I just that's what I enjoy. I enjoy being out in the wilderness. Yeah, or on top of a mountain in Alaska where we got our doll sheep mm-hmm. above the rain the Wrangell Mountains above the Copper River. Mm-hmm. You're looking down on it. Forty mile hike in carrying everything on your back that's in grizzly good. country. That's, that's the next documentary we're going to so do cool. is well, hunting with the stock. Those were our family trips. Off. Growing up as a kid, most that's, families go on vacations and they go to Hawaii or they go to some resort and the, and the mom goes to the spa and the dad goes plays golf. Our family trips were around the world hunting and fishing. You worked to hunt. Hunt and fish, yeah. Yeah, yeah because I could, I could get in shape, especially during the duck hunting waiting and stuff because you put on weight during the golf season you have to your wife tells you you need three meals a day and all this stuff (laughs) which you do which you don't but i i just enjoy getting away i enjoy that's why one of the aspects of dealing with people and teaching them i ask them what their hobbies are and my hobbies are the outdoors where i can i uh, it's funny that you can't picture what you did wrong in in march let's say or april at the masters until you're sitting on a mountaintop in november and all of a sudden, it just comes to you. It comes to you what what you've done wrong and what you need to straighten out. So that's always been my my go to. Is and I'm you know looking forward to taking Jake up to Manitoba and uh, just the experience is that's that's what I'm after. That's you know the voices get quiet. You get you know nothing nothing quite like it. Put another log on the fire. Nobody here is getting tired. The Americans moved to a 14-13 advantage going to the final pair of the day. All they would need to earn the cutback is a half point, and the tension overwhelming. Hale Irwin at 17 for Paul. Everything resting now on Bernhard Longer. Longer for Parr at 17. So they would move on to 18, all square. Moments in Ryder Cup history. Longer with the five-footer for par after Irwin had bogeyed. And it was as if all the air on the American coast was let out. A historic U.S. victory regained the Ryder Cup, and some field changed this event forever, turning an event into a gigantic spectacle.